With another episode, don't leave it to the judges podcast. I'm here with my main man, Patty Broker Skull. Patty, Skull. Yeah, yeah. You know, I realize I'm stealing my intro from Ice Cube. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the vibes, man. I feel it. But uh, yeah, dude, we're here again. Um, I just want to make mention because I, I watched a recent Joe Rogan experience with Shane Gillis. It's his first, ex- uh, his first Joe Rogan experience, and they ended up talking about fights. And towards the end, he was mentioning Connor and why he interviewed him after he injured himself and all this shit. And they showed a picture where Joe's sitting next to him, right? And the face that Connor is making is not a face of somebody who is finished. It's not the face of somebody who felt defeated. That is the face of somebody who went to battle with an injury and ended himself, essentially. Like, I I think we've both seen dudes knock themselves out, you know, by slamming a guy and they go to sleep for some reason. So this this is that kind of a sport. But the difference is, is you have so many people with loud ass voices and they want to say shit and think they know things about the sport and they're really fucking dumb. You know, you got Stephen A. Smith, dude, shut the fuck up. Stop putting his ass on there. He has no connection to fighting whatsoever. He's probably never been in a real fight that didn't involve straight slapping. Let's be honest. Now, my point with that is we've mentioned it in a couple different episodes now where people are saying, oh, Dustin should be fighting for the belt. He's be Holloway, Justin Gaethje, you know, all these dudes in a row, Dan Hooker, Connor twice. Sure, fine. But how come we're the only ones saying it? Everyone else is talking about this dude's leg. Everyone else mm-hmm. is talking about this and this and this with Connor. But at the end of the fight, there was these dummies that weren't real MMA fans or watchers, I guess you'd say. And they were saying that he's done. He's not the same Connor that he was. He's old. He's fragile. He doesn't have the edge anymore. And Joe Rogan himself even said, those are just guys that don't even know what fighting is. They don't understand the sport. And I fully agree with that. I don't know what your take is on at this point, but I do see, and here's what's crazy. And I'll fucking, I'll put my vote in for this. The Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, three or four, four, right? That's what I see next because they're both, they're both coming off a loss. I mean, Conor's coming off three losses, essentially. Uh, Nate Diaz is coming off of a fucking a great fight against Leon Edwards, you know, doing what Nate does. This has to be a five round match. Okay. And I think these guys could, they're going to, I don't know. It could be the end of the summer type of thing. If Connor can come back from injury soon enough, but it'll probably be closer to like November, maybe December, even end of the year type of show. But I would actually not mind seeing that matchup. And I've already told you how I feel about, Oh, guys fighting the same guy a bunch of times. I'd I would love to see this fight. And I think they mentioned it as well. Joe Rogan had brought it up. Hmm possibly being the Nate Diaz Connor fight uh, for his comeback. And I'm all good with that because it's somebody, Nate's somebody who's going to stand up with him. He's going to try and mm-hmm. just punch him. He's not going to wrestle him, but um, the fights this weekend, right? There was fights uh, this last weekend. Yes, sir. I but yeah, I I'll, I'll speak on Connor a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, he, the man he, he's promoting, he's a brand. You've said it plenty of times on here. It almost, your record is almost secondary in a way because you have to promote yourself. No matter what happens with him, he's he's up there in the upper echelon of pay-per-view buy, buys. Yes. You know, people people are, are paying to see him. They're not paying to see uh like let's say let's bring up Khabib when he was undefeated back when he was like 20 and 0. No okay. one know, really knew who the hell he was. But this guy Connor, they all know who he is. He's always talking shit. 
that's his brand, man. He's yeah. always branding himself. He's setting himself up for another fight. It, it's liable to be next year. I can see the Diaz fight. He'll stand up with them. It'll be a good little battle, and then they can promote whoever wins, possibly if, if into uh, close to a championship fight or maybe a championship fight. Now, this is another thing that people are missing too. When it comes, not you, I didn't. You're not missing this. You brought up a great point that made me realize. You're saying exactly the craziest part about Connor is the fact that dude has all the money. Most people mm-hmm. are fighting to get the money. He already has it. Therefore, he doesn't have to fight anymore. And another, just to speak on Joe Rogan again, because I haven't watched his episodes in forever, and they were talking about fighting. He talked about who Floyd Mayweather is fighting. He's picking guys that can't fight at his age, okay? Mm-hmm. They cannot fight him. He knows he can win. It's a massive mis- a mismatch, whereas Connor's taken on future champions, guys that could be fighting for the belt at any point. That's the difference. He's not taking on the fucking low-rung fucking 155ers. He's fighting these guys that are right there waiting to get that fucking belt, okay? That's the difference. And he went in there injured, knowing injured, and all he threw was kicks. Dumbest shit you could do if you know you're injured, but also you're a fighter. And a lot of times you're fighting on instinct, trying to keep the distance, whatever was going on in his head. But he does come out hot every time in the first round, and he does finish a lot of fights that way. So, therefore, you think that you're the next guy? If people are afraid to fight Ryan Hall, okay, there's guys that are still afraid to fight Connor, no matter what they've seen. Period. Okay, bring Kevin Lee's goofy ass back. I'll, I'll see that fight. There's a lot of 155ers that are still right there and would look good against Connor. You would get like mm-hmm. Khabib said, when you take a guy into the deep waters in the five rounds, they learn about themselves. Okay, but also you put a guy in there against somebody who has an aura like an Anderson Silva, like a Conor McGregor, you come out victorious or even alive and not knocked out, that's good for you, 100%. Even if Dustin would have lost these two fights, he would, people would still, they might be bigger fans of him then, right? That's how weird and crazy that this, having this ability is. Conor's, whatever the fuck it is about him that sells him makes other fighters look better. He can change careers. But yet, people will still try to reference, oh, you know, why people aren't talking about Dustin the way that they should be. That's what we keep saying. But then again, it's, that's just what it is, man. That's, you, look who you were fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you went in there and Bruce Lee, you were fighting Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee snapped his ankle, are they going to talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No. They're going to be talking about Bruce Lee. <laughs> okay, that's just what it is, man. We, we know Dustin mm-hmm. is good. We know he is successful. But... He decided to take this third fight when he he really could have been challenging for the belt. He decided to take this fight. He didn't have to mm-hmm. because he knocked him out. Now he's coming off of a win via doctor stoppage, not even really to his credit. Okay, so it's not he would he would have been more intimidating has he would he taken the fight against the champion right after the knockout instead of whatever he's going to do from this point forward. But that 155 division is still very viable. 145 even a Max Holloway rematch with Connor would be great. All I'm saying is people are talking about him more than they're mentioning Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira is the champion. So what are we doing? Yeah. You know, Islam Makachev came in and did exactly what we expected him to do in this last card. And uh, here we are. And it's pure intimidation, dude. This fight was pure intimidation. But if you want to go ahead and start that off with wherever you want. Yeah, man, go. I'll talk about Islam because I was uh, picking the underdog as I, I kind of like to do sometimes. The way, way underdog. And that was not the right 
is Islam just, it was like a grown man fighting a kid in there. Um, Diego, he's, he's only 26. He's got a lot of time to, to get back into fold, but Islam, he's only 29, man. He looks great. And apparently mm-hmm. you know, who's he going to fight next? Because whoever wasn't afraid of him is going to be afraid of him now. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big dude for the weight class too. I mean, he looked big in comparison to Tiago, who's not small either. Mm-hmm. He just, he's very wide. And I think he probably knew that he could have ended that fight way sooner. He, he was kickboxing. He was just standing up with them. And that's just show and prove type of shit. Show and prove. Because that's what's going to happen. You're going to see these guys that will only want to stand with you. So can you take it on the chin? Keep coming forward? It's just like that Chris Minot, whatever that Sean O'Malley's opponent was. People are going to know him and remember him when he comes back because of what he did. They're still talking about it. They are. Yeah. Still talking about it. But, uh, hey, man, let's, so let's talk about the Misha Tate situation. I mean, come on. It's playing out just like we were saying. It's going to be the same thing they did with the Anderson. They're going to give her two or three opponents and build her up like he's fucking championship material. And we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, uh, here you go. Here's Marion Renault. She's retiring today. Oh, <laughs> she's going to try hard. <laughs> she's going to try not to get hit. That's it. Let me ask you try. something. Let's say, and of course, this wasn't going to happen. Let's say Misha would have lost this fight. What would have been next for her? Would they have just laughed her right out of the arena? Would Dana That's just start right. laughing? I'll tell you this, though. Because they're watched. setting it up. They're, they're, just, they're setting the whole thing. They're, they're making, they're building the foundation and letting it letting it play out. It's the Kevin Holland thing. You know, the, Ben Askren. They did it with these guys. They brought him in from other organizations, or not even Kevin Holland specifically, but Ben Askren. They bring him over. They think that they're going to charge in and do damage and blah, blah, blah. Michael Chandler was in the motherfucking booth, dude. Let's stop the yeah. whole episode and talk about that fucking tool. What are we doing, dude? <laughs> that is so fucking annoying because he's not even a UFC fighter yet. You haven't done nothing, bro. You beat one guy. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to put a suit on with your fucking half. What is wrong with his face, too? It's like one side is much bigger than the other. He's squinting. Looking into the cameras, not he looks like Bisbing. If Bisbing's missing eye was a real problem, <laughs> he was agreeing with everything. I can't remember who was in the booth beside him. He was agreeing with every fucking thing that guy <laughs> yes, said. He was just like this, <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> just yep. looking at him. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's yeah, like, yeah, this guy knows uh-huh. about fighting. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He's got a lot of great points They're over like, here. Make sure, make your picks. <laughs> and he, every fucking thing the guy said was word for word. He's like, Jesus. does he punch hard? How's his punches good? What? So, can we cut that? Uh, but yeah, he was in the booth. What were we talking about right before this? Uh, we're talking about Misha Tate. Yeah. Okay. Misha Tate looked good. She looked like, fantastic. Physically good. Bro. Who, who wouldn't looked. have looked good against uh, Mario Moreno? <laughs> I understand that. That's. I actually laughed out loud great. when I saw what like the. It's so funny when they put up the female credentials. They're like, oh, she's had nine submission attempts. Make sure you put that. Why? Who gives a fuck? Look at any one male fight. How many submission attempts? 36. It got, it got uncomfortable there for about uh, 20 seconds or so. Uh, I believe it was John Amick was like, oh, uh, yeah, she's got a one-year-old. She's still nursing. Man, it got quiet. I'm like, I'm looking like, what the fuck? Did he really just fucking say that? What was the point of him pointing that out? That she's fucking He's nursing. A- Who cares? None of our fucking business. What the fuck? Well, remember, that's the same guy that said that the ring girls were fucking working hard. Yeah. So not a smart guy. <laughs> Putting into work or whatever. Not a smart guy. I'd be checking John Anik for fucking CTE soon. <laughs> Remember he decided to go in there with just a mustache the one time. You're like, buddy, that's not for you, Mario. 
<laughs> I'll bring up another okay. point with him. You want to talk about CTE? So Jeremy Stevens. All right. They put up all these stats on the fucking screen and they're mm-hmm. like, Cowboy has 30, four wins, 30, whatever, whatever, whatever. Jeremy Stevens is down a couple on the list. And John Amick's like, yeah, um, I think Jeremy Stevens will end up with the most wins inside the UFC. And I'm like thinking, dude, he's lost four in a row already. If he loses this fight, he's got to be surely out the door or close to it. And what does he do? He's doing like you. He's trying to build, like you said, he's trying to build his brand. Even Uh though he just keeps fucking losing, he's already calling people out. He's in a fucking commercial with Forrest Griffin getting his his hair cut, whatever. What the fuck? (laughs) Like great clips or something. (laughs) Uh, And he got his ass kicked. So, well, (sighs) I'll say uh, here's where I could almost agree with him because I feel like Jeremy Stevens takes more fights. So there is a possibility if he just takes more fights than Cerrone or because Diego Sanchez is gone. If he just takes more fights and he, he, he might have 30 more fights than, than Donald Cerrone, but he only won six of them, he could have the record, right? Because he's taking fights against guys that are, he is essentially the gatekeeper, I would say at this point. But he's not proving why he should stay there. To be a gatekeeper, you usually have to go one and one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah they need to cut him loose. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> – you got to – and this is where I feel bad about certain fighters that would listen to our show, like Paige Van Zant. Uh, you know, shout out PVZ. That's pretty good. Um, we'll, we'll call her that just for us. Jeremy Stevens Dude. hasn't won a fight since February 24th, 2018. I have to wonder what's going on mentally <laughs> in his brain. Does he want to quit? Does he think he's got more left? Does he want to do Bellator? There's, there are options now for fighters, but he, these guys that have been doing it for so long, like Diego – you kind of want them to step back, man. Just put that motherfucker in Chandler's seat. I listen to Jeremy Stevens talk about fighting all day long, but in, you know what I mean? In conjunction with the fact that he's been a UFC fighter, he has real knowledge of the business side as well. He could talk, talk a little bit of the way that we talk like, Hey man, they're going to be pushing so-and-so this next, these next several months because of X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of fighters out of, out in Russia still that are major champions undefeated. They're killers, but they won't come to the UFC at all. So just even talking about prospects and stuff like that on a podcast could be value, uh, you know, something valuable for Jeremy Stevens to do. You can't say the same thing about Diego because he's lost his fucking mind. But <laughs> you want, I wouldn't. Th- we were talking about you know MMA podcasts as a whole. Josh Thompson and Big Dan, Big John McCarthy, whatever. You would want to listen to those guys because of the experience. You want to hear from them. Same thing with the dudes that are commentating during the fights. Joe Rogan is an example because he did MMA before it was even a popular thing. Sure, we'll listen to him. Daniel Cormier, Biz Bing, Paul Felder. These guys have been in there. Same thing with the judges. The judges should be ex-fucking fighters. There is absolutely no excuse for that not to be the case. They know how the fucking fight is scored, dude. They know how much an elbow is, how much a connected elbow costs. You know what I'm saying? How many points is that? Why do we have fucking Scott Diagostino or whatever the fuck his name is every time? Who is he? That's why we have the name of the show. Don't leave it to the judges because they don't fucking get it. It's never been a, and I've never once been like, good call, judge. You fucking nailed it. Perfect. You can almost predict it yourself if you watch enough fights where you can see where the judges are going to go. But damn it, why aren't these guys also getting that job? Jeremy Stevens to sit there and judge fights, dude, and make great money and be not Spencer Fisher or Brendan Schaub. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> Brendan Schaub. I can't stand that guy. The Billy Quarantillo, man. He liked it, ab- yeah. absolutely looked fantastic. He kept yep. the pressure on. He was all over uh, Gabriel Benitez like a. He was all over him like a blanket. I mean, he just the, he was in his face the whole fight, all over him and dominated. He's another dude. I mean, he to took watch. a couple shots in there, but all in all, that was all him. And he's going to. That's the difference. It's okay to see that and see somebody still be successful because you know that they're going to fight better competition that are going to hit that more often than that Daniel Benitez guy, right? So that being said, you could see this guy fighting a top five, a top ten, you know what I'm saying, very soon. I did like him better with the facial hair, you know, but hey, do what you got to do. All right, Daniel Daniel Rodriguez, he looked great. First round TKO. I mean, that was excellent. He's dangerous. Um, all right, so people are talking about this, what they call an early stoppage with uh, Amanda Lemos and Montserrat. Uh, nope. <laughs> I no. didn't think so either. And she, she okay, let me tell you. This was too me, much competition for her, man. Too much competition for her. We talked about it before. The only thing I'm going to say is she was done when she ate that head kick. Any person that was watching the fight saw her eat that head kick, and I was like, it's done. She's hurt. It's over. Because she was timid. She didn't She didn't have at least one leg under her, and she wouldn't throw. After she ate that head <laughs> kick, she blocked it a little bit, but it came so quick, she was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that could happen again at any moment. So then she thought, I'm going to just charge her, see what happens. And this bitch was her, – her eyesight, bro, her accuracy is what made her finish that girl. It wasn't her power. It wasn't anything other than the fact that she has great accuracy. Great accuracy makes great fighters. Look at how small fucking Anderson Silva was. Look how small uh, Conor McGregor is. It's all about touching them in the right spot. Her momentum moving forward is what put that bitch to sleep. And she got hit twice, bro. And it was that was just like Greg Hardy later on. Well, Montserrat just I think she's out of her level, man. She's she's down here. Everybody's up above her. They're so desperate for female fighters. Misha Tate's back, man. Well, That's they, what I mean. they threw in Montserrat uh, a while back just to fill in against somebody to, to fight Cheyenne Buys. And she only won that fight because she put her in the headlock and basically kept her in the headlock and side control the whole damn fight. So they give her this fight here. And, man, it's almost like, fuck, you took out our girl Cheyenne Buys. We wanted to build up. We're punishing yep. you. Yep. See how you like this fight. <laughs> It was nasty too. It was so accurate, dude. Lightning quick. And I knew she was hurt from the head kick. It was just a matter of it. Cause the, that is also back to the two Ivasa Greg Hardy fight. That is what makes the difference in experience. Okay. When you're fighting an opponent, yes, she knew she hurt her with the head kick, but she didn't, she didn't let her know that she knew, but she knew she was patient. She waited and it was a fucking great, you know, uh, great highlights, I would say, for the female fight division in itself. You <laughs> yeah. see how, how it can be done, what you guys are capable of. More often than not, if you take a fucking risk, you can either get knocked out <laughs> or get your head split open like Jessica I. You can make the decisions. You could be a hero <laughs> for all the young girls who want to be fighters in the future. But <laughs> I'm done talking about this last card unless it's something you want to talk about. I'm good, man. I'm All good right, let's, let's head up to the Return of the Ultimate Fighter. Gilbert Urbana, Urbina, the third brother on the on the Ultimate Fighter, which is pretty cool. But, uh, man, what's up with this season with mullets, dude? Everybody's got a fucking mullet, it seems like. Well, it's because Theo Vaughn's a fan of MMA now. <laughs> and he was supposed to go up against 
Miles Hunsinger. And as soon as he came down on his leg, it didn't look that bad, but he started limping around like his fucking leg was broke. Um, Connor's probably walking better right now than this guy was walking around. He went to see the doctor, and the doctor's like, you want your coaches to come in with you? He's, nope, I want you to tell me what's going on, just me and you. I don't want them to hear. And we knew this guy wasn't going to fight after that. Come on. He's a, a pussy, man. When you come on this show... This is the ultimate fighter. This is this is what you're working for if you're in MMA. You're working to get a contract for the UFC. And you got to give it your all. You got to give it your all. And like Ortega said, when's he in a fight that he's not that he's 100%? Not that often. Yeah. It's always some kind of lingering injury. And man, and they, it takes like half a second to be less than 100%. As soon as you get hit the first time, you're already dropping down. <laughs> it's already getting worse. You know what I mean? So if you're going in at even 80%, that first hit, oh, I'm now I'm 77%. Great. They introduced this alternate. And, dude, I, I was like, yeah, he's probably going to get his ass kicked. He's 6-3. and three. But I did like when Dana was, was talking to him, and he's like, you stayed here on your own dime, and you, know, you, you stayed here. They told you. We wouldn't go to need you, and you decide to stay on your own anyway, just in case, on your own. And you quit your job. That's what I've been saying. These people have so much to fall back on, this cast. Well, I mean, we're used to seeing shows where, like, half the cast is to quit their job. They have nothing to go back home to. Dude, dudes are moving back bags. They got their luggage in trash bags. <laughs> like, what the so, fuck? <laughs> so I'm like, man, this is this is the, the right direction right here. The Ryder Newman's talking all kinds of shit. I seen this guy, he ain't gonna do anything. You know, the guy's got fucking two big ass black eyes, his face is fucking rearranged, and he's just, oh yeah, that guy won't throw his hands. Like, dude, look at you, look at a fucking mirror, man. Record yourself, play it back. But uh, yeah, man, it didn't work out well for him. And, you know, these guys, I mean, they've been there a few weeks. They're getting top notch training from the, you know, the top coaches of MMA is training these guys. You know, this guy that's an alternate that stayed on his own time, he's not getting this top-notch, high-level ass training until, like, what, two days before the fight? Something like that. So, yeah, it, you know, it didn't last. It didn't, didn't end up well for him. But then, again, I, I give we, it make, to the guy. we make the comparison of the gain, the gaining from the person who steps in or the gaining from the person who just happens to accept the, the replacement, Okay. Does that show us anything about Urbina? Because he didn't fight a guy who has the proper train. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's got it. Now we're just, there's still a question mark by both of these guys, essentially. It's just like the Frivola guy, the guy that knocked out Matt Frivola. Does that mean he's a superstar? Does that mean, okay, we got to know. You've got your first, your first win, no matter how dramatic, is still meaningless. Your second win is really what is the stamp. You know what I mean? And until we see that against somebody who's training for him, so, uh, I don't know. All question marks, man. It is one of the weirdest seasons. You got you got a guy who's like a scientist or some shit. He's like, yeah, I got two degrees. I'm 26. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, he got people own their own business. People yeah. just got He's out like, of college. Yeah, my brother's running it over there. He's got what? Are people you, working oh. at their family business. Yeah, like they're like set for life. But Easy remember, when we, this, when we first started watching this. These guys fought for a living. They had they were mm -hmm. fighting to survive, man. Yes. And they're different fighters. 
these guys now and forever forward from this point forward, every, every cast we're going to see is going to be guys just like this guys who had time to just go ahead and ah, train MMA. They got good at it and they were offered a contract. You're not going to see as many NCAA division division one wrestlers or whatever coming in. It's not going to be just that. I mean, that guy has his own business. He's been boxing <laughs> 15 years. You're like, how, does he sleep? What's his sleep like? You know what I mean? Let me see his fucking Fitbit. I want to see how many hours he's getting. Well, what's up with that? Yeah, we're, and that, we're seeing these guys that come out of college. They got their own business, like you're saying. And, here's, here's, and, and, and they've had money to go to top-notch gyms in their hometown or wherever and exactly. train, train, train. Where these guys that were on there before, they had nothing. Yes. They're, they're like the uh, Trevin Gore. They're out in the woods yep. just punching trees and shit. And, and then when, so when they come into the house and get this top-level training, they just shoot up, man. They, and, you know, all the, the guys from previous seasons, especially the first couple, they were around for years and years. Bisping. I mean, everybody from that season, pretty much. The only fighters that we can look forward to, Sam, that will be different, they won't be like that, are the foreign fighters. The guys from Russia, the guys from Spain and Italy. And those guys really still do live in the streets. They really still do punch trees. They, you know what I'm saying? They're still fighting for real fighting. That's why we have guys today that are undefeated like Khabib. You see what I'm saying? That's why he's around and he couldn't be beat because that dude really had to fight to get there. Literally, mentally, physically, all of it. And when they get there, he can't be stopped. So these, there's still a couple guys that are on the show like that Lotka or whatever his name is. That dude, definitely a threat. He's got a good body, body type for that weight class. It's just a matter of, I, I got to see more. Your, your one doesn't get me, you know what I mean? It doesn't get me over, so. But I also want more house shit. Stop stop fucking pretending, <laughs> oh, this bonus scene, this deleted, what do you mean, eating a turkey sandwich? What the fuck is that? Talking about his grandma? I'm good. Just leave the damn cameras on in the house, man. Let me see him fight by the pool. I don't give a shit about this fucking, their diets. <laughs> yeah, man, they're, they're like love fests, like I told the episode before, hanging out. Tearing the pizza up and shit, splitting pizza, Again, talking about how much we love each other. Exactly. It just proves they're not real fighters like that. You know, there'd be one guy who's taking fucking half the pizza to eat it in his room alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That taking a piss on the pizza and putting it back. Yeah. Like yes. And not doing it scripted. They just have problems. <laughs> you know? That guy's still pulling new t-shirts out yeah. of a trash bag. Like, this is for Wednesday? <laughs> like, why has he got an accent? He's from Boston. Oh, that's why. Anyways, <laughs> these guys got to be careful because they go to Harvard or something in the future. They got they got to watch out. You know? They yeah. can't just like come yeah. in somebody's uh, fucking sushi like one other season or whatever. Uh, oh, fucking Princeton will see that. Yeah. But, uh, let's get into this next event, man. <laughs> Saturday at the Apex Center. Back to the Apex Center. Well, we were just at the Apex Center. But uh, the first fight, this female fight, women's straw weight. Diana Belbata, uh, Hannah Goldie. So I'm picking Goldie on this. You know, she's 5-1. And, one. and yeah. Diana, she's from Romania. She's 0-2 uh, in the UFC. She got her arm broken in her last fight back last year. And I looked up her opponents. That, that, that she, <laughs> Her opponents, this is going to fucking amaze you, dude. These Her, her opponents that she knocked out. Because she's got six knockout wins. I went and looked these people up. Their combined record of 3-21. and 21. 
But it's only five of them because she knocked out one of them twice. <laughs> I thought you said it was going to surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, it wasn't Hannah. Defeated. Um, I will say this, uh, Hannah Goldie, she's one of the few uh, MMA females that I follow on Instagram. I don't even know if I follow her, but every time I see her pictures pop, I'm like, wow, she's just, she looks like a good fighter. Um, <laughs> you know, she's five and one. For some reason, I thought she had been around a little longer than that. Does it seem yeah, like she's, she's got been a there a little name. while? I, all, I, all I'll say is I've seen her maybe once, and she's very energetic. She's a kind of uh, hard to hit. So she's not taking a lot of damage, but I don't see her doing a lot of damage. I think she's more of a ground fighter trying to avoid strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did go with her on this one, considering uh, you just mentioned. I'm, I was going with her anyways because she's pretty. When, um, when you say she doesn't do a lot of damage, she's got one knockout win in her whole career, and that's against a lady that was one in six. So, okay. so there you go. I didn't even have to look it up. You see that? Um, you can just guess. Uh, five and one. You know The other girl's got her arm broken. She might be a little timid. If Hannah can throw one kick towards that arm, the other girl's going to be intimidated and she can get a takedown and there's that fight. Otherwise, we're going five rounds and there's going to be a lot of no accurate punches, maybe a good headbutt or two. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got another one. I mean, this. how many of these are we going to start with? Should I just skip the prelims myself? <laughs> uh, so Sarge, uh, Sajara, Eubanks uh, versus Elise Reed. Uh, Elise is uh, 4-0 which that's a great record. But again, it just goes back to, we need female fighters. They're so desperate. They're going to take you. If you get two or three wins in a row, they're going to at least look at you. Uh, Sajara Eubanks, seven and six. So, so, you know, ESPN has a listed seven and six everywhere else. I see a six and six. I don't, I don't know where that extra win come from. I looked up tapology, sure dog, Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm trying to find There's out this d- mysterious win. I don't know. Maybe uh, anyway. Maybe it's a setup. It's a... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she's fighting a lady. Oh, I went with the least though. She's, you know, it's so crazy, dude. We're going to get somebody in here that fucking disagrees with some of us. I did the same thing, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know shit about her whatsoever. I, as you can see, I didn't even write any stats about her at all down, and I still picked her. Hell yeah. I don't know how Sarge is still there. It's it. It's time for her to go. She's lost four of his la- or of her last six. Well, let me say this. <sighs> I did have high hopes in her coming off the Ultimate Fighter, but there was too much time off because of an injury or something like mm-hmm. this. She came off the same season as uh, Ostevich, and the one girl ended up becoming the champion. Who was like this woman, Roxanne Montaferi, mm-hmm. also. But the girl, uh, I don't remember who it was, but she was a champion. Never defended the title. I don't think she just quit. Nico, whatever the fuck. Oh, oh, Mon- what was it that Montana? Nico Montoya, something Montoya. like that. Yeah, because it was like a couple of different Montanas. Montoyas yeah. in that fucking episode. And that, you gotta, show, that series, that season. A lot, exactly. And a lot of those female fighters from there are still sort of in the UFC, but they have really popped back up and like, you know, made a run for the title or anything like that. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. She's got hands, she's got some power. She's just not accurate enough. I don't think she's really invested in being a fighter yeah i don't know what is so, yeah she does have power in her hands but she doesn't knock anybody out hardly it makes me wonder <laughs> what her injury was that kept her out if it was some sort of arm or shoulder thing she might that might be it even if it's a leg she could just be intimidated not want to throw all but two of her fights have been decisions wins and losses so all right next 
It's just, I don't know. She, she, every time you see her throw, it looks like she's stolen for the fences. And she does seem to have power when she connects. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't connect very often. She gets taken down pretty easily. And anyway, we'll, let's go on to this next fight. Bantamweight. Dude, there's uh, four Bantamweight fights on this card. It's this Bantam-heavy card here. Well, Julio Arce, Andre Yule, and I went with uh, Arce. He's 16-4. and four. And both these guys are coming off losses, so you know you never know. Uh, Ars is only five seven, where Yule is five eleven, and we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I went uh, I went the opposite direction. I think All this right. is a this is a head kick. It's gonna end in a head kick, mm. uh, just just because of the size difference. And I like Yule, man. He's one of those guys as well that I've seen and thought there was a lot of potential, and then he just kind of lost one, and then you know what I mean. He didn't stay consistent enough. And you know what? Honestly, I feel like this is you and me in the offices with Sean Shelby and Gray Maynard trying to convince them this is just a it's a good matchup and why that why it should happen or why it shouldn't. And I think we could convince them uh, Brendan Schaub should come back because you know he's, he was a top ten fighter back when there was no fucking rankings in the UFC. <laughs> Stop saying I hate when you. Why do you say that? If Brendan Schaub's listening to this because I know he's a fucking weird trolley dude, probably has thirty seven accounts himself just so he can comment. Hey, good job on his own shit. Uh, <laughs> And his job's terrible. He's always been terrible. Yeah, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. When he was a fucking UFC fighter, there was no ranking system. That did not come until Connor's really Connor's explosion. Hmm. In the last several years, they just started doing that. They were not ranking fighters. There was no ranking system whatsoever. I think it was with the ESPN deal. There's no and also no fucking way you're a top ten UFC fighter unless there was ten heavyweight fighters only. I don't see it then, man. I really don't. Because that was back when you had a couple, you know, some good heavyweights back there. Anyway. Travis, reach over doom. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> Top 10 heavyweight in the UFC win before there was rankings, of course. So no one can actually check. <laughs> yeah. Fucking loser, dude. See me in the octagon, you big bitch. Uh, <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> so, I'm sure a lot of people have said that. The Walter Waite fight's next. You know, I was going to say, this ESPN, I printed this out a couple nights ago, and it's all rearranged from what I have printed out. But uh, this next fight, they got listed here. Mickey Gall versus Jordan Williams. Mickey Gall, he started off strong. He was on that that looking for a fight when Dana went to another organization and saw him win, and he called out CM Punk, and he let him fight him. And, you know, of course, everybody thought CM Punk would be halfway decent. But Mickey Gall, he looked great. And then lately, he's looked like he's been the shits, man. He's been the shits. And Jordan Williams, he's lost two of his last three. Uh, all nine of his wins are knockouts. I, I went with Williams here. Damn. I went with Brendan Schaub. No, I, I got uh, I got Williams too, man. Uh, Mickey Gall stinks. Um, he just I, he was fine in a contender series. He was He was just not ready for the UFC yet. Uh, he needs more strike. I wrote down he's been he, average since 2017. Exactly. I mean, he's a name. He's a name, though. People know him. So they will keep him around. The difference is, is has he grown? This guy is going to stand with him. Jordan's going to try to punch his way out. You know, see what I'm saying? So can Mickey take him down and do what he does best? If he can't even do it with this kid, he's gone. He would have to be gone. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Dude, I got it right here. All rest on can Gall take him down? The question mark. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is there might be you know, four or five of these listeners of ours that are like these guys have this whole thing scripted <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like it's too often. Yeah. Right, no, so, we did uh, not discuss this beforehand because I couldn't get a yeah, hold of you. Oh, All right, I don't know what the order is, uh, but as far as the ESPN app has it, uh, Randy Costa versus Adrian y- Yanez, which that seems like it'd be a, up there on the main fight. Yeah, um, man, they, they, that's see, it's all different from how I printed out. Right, so tell me which one's next. Uh, on the computer here, I have uh, uh, Nazardine, uh versus Ian Heinish. Like I, I skipped out of saying that last name there. Nazardine Amavov. Ian Heinish. Uh, Heinish, he's lost two of his last four. He's three and three in the UFC. And Nazardim, he's lost his last fight, but he had won the, the six previous. But I, I went with Ian Heinish. Okay. Um. Man, I don't know. He didn't do well for me in his last fight. Heinish. I'm usually rolling with him. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Nazardim. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think this might, this might be a slugfest. They might go for a while maybe a decision even but ian again there's these there's a handful of these guys they pushed real hard that didn't end up you know being consistent enough and ian's one of those guys and i don't know if he can turn it around here he's still got a shot he's still young all right our next fight middleweight (sighs) it's poon helio serrano against brendan allen and that's probably as close as i'm gonna say it correctly but uh man i went with serrano he i think i picked against him the last time he fought and he kicked the guy's ass so yeah Uh, brendan allen he's he's only lost to like top level competitors but i think serrano i think he is a top level competitor from what i from what i've seen of him he knocked out dusko in his last fight all right yeah yeah yeah. i honestly uh i agree with you 100 100 percent I haven't seen anything from the Allen guy that's made him stand out whatsoever. And it goes back to what we were saying about competing against top-level competition, how that makes you look as well. If he survived, if it went to decision, you know, if he took some good shots or gave some good shots, he would be more memorable. But again, I think this guy's more creative. He's 8-0. He got there for a reason. Is he a Hawaiian fighter? Crazy name. Soriano uh, Hunahele. Yeah, he's got to be Hawaiian, dude. That means he could take a punch for days. He's like the Rock. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> probably is. So they got a, a fight listed next. Uh, this Chris Dawkins fight, and that's uh, that's gone, canceled, over with. Uh, I think actually what I heard, I believe they're trying to uh, to push it to next week's card because uh, of COVID. So skip right on past that, and then that's where they got the uh, the Costa fight listed. Uh, Adrian Yanez, Randy Costa, man, this is this is a hard to pick, man. Uh, yeah, I, this is my fight of the night, possibly right here. Uh, Adrian's won his last six. He's got eight knockout wins. Costa, you know, he's six and one, and I, I think somebody's gonna get knocked out. And I think uh, Costa, I'm going with Costa. He's winning the fight via knockout. Dzohan. All right, so. Uh... Let me say this. I thought Costa had more fights already. Uh, but here's the crazy thing. Both of these guys are sort of prodigies. All right. Yanez comes from the Pettis camp with, uh, you know, the Pettis brothers, Sergio and Anthony. So he's going to lose. Uh, Randy Costa comes from. <laughs> They're both uh, only 27. Too. 
<laughs> he, uh, Costa trained with uh, Ronda Rousey. The motherfucker's what, a 21, 22, young cat. Still got, I think he got uh, slept though. They're, they're both fight. 27. They're both them. Okay. Did Randy Costa get knocked out in his last fight? Uh, his last fight. Uh, uh, I'll check that out. Right okay. There. And I think I'm mistaken. Costa looks too much like Edmund Shabazian, which is, I think, the one that trained with Ronda Rousey. So Costa doesn't actually, he's not a prodigy at all, but I still went with him. <laughs> yeah. Costa, he's only uh, lost one fight via submission. That was go to Brandon. Okay. Brandon. Then Edmund oh, Shabazian got knocked out. These guys look too much alike. Get a different haircut. <laughs> All right. So now, <laughs> man, Miranda Maverick versus Macy Barber. Uh, man, uh, I tell you, I don't know what to think on this because. I don't either. This is tough. I've been it's going back tough. and forth. And all I'm going to say is, you know, I've mentioned this before. Uh, the looking the contender series. Macy Barber come on there. She talks so much shit. And I'm like, this little girl, she looks like she looked like a little kid on there. Yeah. And she just ran her mouth. And I'm like, golly, she has no clue. She's going to get the shit beat out of her. She has no clue. And she went in and destroyed the other lady. But she's lost two in a row now. And I'm going with her, man. I'm still riding with her. If she loses this. I don't know what to say, but I, that, that might be my last time riding with her. But... I see her winning this fight, getting back on track. Well, this being the theme of the show, where it's like who you're fighting against and how you perform against them, win or lose, will decide your future in the in the business, essentially. And this is one of those fights because Miranda Maverick, she can take punches, dude. Yes. She's been in there a lot. She can mm. fucking fight. She's Macy's got this high energy. 73% of the people picked her. <laughs> right. She's she's no Macy's uh Macy's in your face. Okay, but can she do it three rounds? Can she do it three rounds and be accurate and score the points to win the decision, even if it goes that direction? Because it's hard when you get tired, you're just throwing for the sake of throwing, you're not connecting, and every time you're not connecting, you're getting more tired. But I, I do have her go I have her for the win as well. Oh wow. wow. You know, uh simply because of that. But I do think out of all the female fights that we've talked about it since we started this fucking podcast, this is one I look forward to the most, honestly. I think this is going to be fireworks. It's going to be fun to watch. And uh, guaranteed, if there's any amount of action, everyone's going to be excited. <laughs> you know, it's just any little bit of action that they're actually connecting punches and maybe somebody bleeds. Boy, oh boy, are they going to stand up in those crowd, in those crowds. Cut that. In the crowd. <laughs> they always go crazy when the female fights become a slugfest. Well, they don't go crazy enough. <laughs> right. Then we have the featherweight fight, man. Darren Elkins, the damage. Derek Minner. I went with Minner, man. You know, the guy's got 22 submission wins. The guy lives and dies by the submission. He's 26 and 11. I mean, it's not the best record in the world. 22 submission wins, eight submission losses. <laughs> but uh, Darren Elkins, he's lost four of his last five. And he's 37. Uh, I'm going with Minner. We'll, we'll see. Uh, th this this should be a good one. Wh what do you think? All right, well, I'm going with the Indiana boy, Darren Elkins. Got to go with the damage. Your man's got too much ground skills for this kid to think he's going to tap him out. I think old, old Darren's going to put him on his back, and he's going to be a little worried. That Well, he's he, susceptible to the 
submitting submissions. Of course, of course. No. I just don't think these. I think if these guys have studied each other at all, this might be a stand-up fight. It just might be a stand-up fight because we've seen too many times where Darren has been on the ground with some of the best submission artists and survived and actually been dominant. That's why he is who he is. That's why he's still around, dude. I had never heard of this guy, and I he was on the game way back when it first came out. Uh, the UFC game. And I was like, oh, who's guy? And you're just like, wow, he's got a crazy record. He's been in there forever. And now he's got this ridiculous tattoo on his chest. And then he's from Indiana. Let's go, dude. There's no stop energy right there. But uh, it is a good matchup. And I do want to see what happens. I mean, it's one of those fights where it's like, hey, it'll make or break you. You know, is Darren, is Darren the gatekeeper yet? I don't know. Is don't he know. dominant enough to stay there? Who's to say? But he is fun to watch. Well, I'm jealous listening to you tell that because – the, you know, you have some representation in the state of Indiana and in MMA. And who do we have over here in Virginia? Ryan Hall. Ryan <laughs> Hall. He That's well. all we have, man. That's all we fucking have. That's so, all right, dude. We had uh, uh, Eddie Winland as well. So Eddie Wineland, you know, he didn't do very well in his last fight. But he's kind of a big deal. And he's actually very close to me. Probably could drive by his house if I wanted to. Oh, cool, man. Oh, so yeah. we got another Bantamweight fight next. Kyler Phillips versus Raleon Paiva. I like it. Uh, Kyler Phillips, he's 9-1. and one. The only loss he's had is a split decision. And, man, he just beat a Song Yudong, who's mm-hmm. a tough fucking dude. I made a lot of jokes about him. I, I look at Kyler Phillips, no other opponents you could click on. You, you, you'd have to just copy and paste them into Google to find out who they were. But Song Yudong, that's a tough motherfucker man and he he beat him uh so uh paiva he's uh he's two and two in the ufc he's 20 and three uh yeah i went with kyler phillips all right i went the other way uh i got paiva i think his experience is going to play a big factor uh, i'm just not sure how much of a factor and what kyler's going to be able to do because i don't know enough about him he did perform very well in other fight against that dude because he's not he, he he's taken on some relatively great opponents in this last uh, obviously the unclickables don't make any sense but for for sort of the first time seeing him he's going against guys that were kind of being pushed like this is the next guy he's very good from their country i guess you'd say you know all right dude too many pretty pretty fighters on this one you know kyler phillips you know (laughs) tj dillashaw what am i supposed to do no of course i'm kidding we got aspen lad she is a good fighter she's very pretty I actually, she's one of these uh, few that I'd seen from the very beginning, and I thought she's future champion material, and that's not even a fucking joke. When I saw her lose to that police officer, Jermaine Durandamy, and she was still fine, I was a little upset, <clears throat> but hey, that's the fight game, man. And now she's fighting Macy Shaisan. okay? This is a Chaisan, a very weird last name, but she's from The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, she was one that I did watch in that season. I thought, hey, also possible future champion. She's taking the shit seriously. Yeah. She's really dedicated herself. They both have a very similar record, but everyone's going Aspen Lad, and I will as well. I'm going Aspen Lad, and I'm going second round knockout. You think? Yep, that's what I got. That's where I'm going. To. Bam. I like it. <laughs> I like it. They I both only have one loss. They're, they almost have a very, I mean, a very even record. The difference is, is the level of competition. They do, yeah. They well, they have they do have one common opponent, uh, Lena Landsberg, which okay. Aspen Ladd uh, knocked her out, and the uh, Landsberg beat Macy with a, a decision. So, 
Interesting. But uh, anyway, the main event, Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw. This is a uh, another Bantamweight. This is Bantamweight heavy, this card, man. And a female heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's <yeah>, true. <laughs> that's because they're looking for the next matchup. Brandon Marino, he's 130. No, he's 125. Who's 135 champ? Uh, I'm telling you, after that, that fucking big knee to uh, Edgar yep. from Sanhagen, he's the real deal, man. It's time to build this guy up. He's the future. He's coming on up. And Dillashaw, does he still have it? I mean, his last fight, he was knocked out in 32 seconds. Yep. He's 35. I mean, he could win this, but I don't see it. I went the other way. This is a bad fight. It's a bad fight for TJ's return. Because I, I didn't like him, man. I didn't like him at first. And then that whole shit with the alpha male, team alpha male, I started to ride with him. I was like, I like that. I liked that he said, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to go out here with this this veteran. We're going to start our own shit and do it our way and bop, bop, bop. And they got some great fighters. That Archuleta dude that fights in uh, uh, Bellator, you know, they got a great camp. Um, Miles Morales. Not Miles Morales. Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marais, Marlon Marais, fucking yeah. damn it. And Sterling is the <laughs> champion of the Bantam weights. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it doesn't matter at all then. Um, <laughs> uh, this fight here, actually, that's who we should have fought. Bring TJ right back to fight fucking for the belt against Aljo. Let's go. Uh, but here's what it was, dude. San Hagen was so for me when he survived that armbar. I don't know whose armbar, who had him in that armbar, but he should have broke his arm. He should have not survived and won the fight. That sold it for me. That Corey Sanhagen was the real deal. He is dangerous everywhere, and he's super fucking creative. Being creative and dangerous, no matter where the fight goes, you have an opportunity to win and finish, no matter what. And TJ Dillashaw's walking into the Lions then now. This is not competition he's seen before, and he's certainly not been in there recently to have any idea what it could be. You better be studying those tapes, my friend. Stop working on your fucking haircut and go study the tapes, all right? You're trying to be the pretty boy. You can't do that, that anymore. You have to really focus. If you're on fucking accelerants or whatever, whatever was helping his heart work out more and shit that he got in trouble for, why didn't you beat Henry Cejudo? You, you, TJ Dillashaw made that motherfucker who he is, and I hate his guts. <laughs> Cejudo stinks. He's not a fun guy to watch at all. Oh, yeah, you're 5'3", dude. Sit down. All right, someone sit, sit him down in the booster seat, please. We cannot see him. I mean, how far the cameraman has to go over other people's heads to get down into the seats to see this man <laughs> on camera. It's fucking insane. You look at people behind him, they're like this every time. They have to down so they can get into the camera view to get because Cejudo's like a fucking little rat. Anyways, Dillashaw does have an opportunity to come back and be very successful, but this is not where he should have started. I, I, I understand what he thinks in his head. This is a guy. This is the name. It's a worthy mm -hmm. opponent. He wants to fight me. Let's go. But Dillashaw was never that guy. He's never been that guy. Every fight that he's had before this was always like, okay, can he do it? Can he get lucky? I mean, who made him look the stupidest? Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt slapped the shit out of him. He made him look like he didn't know what he was doing at all. Right? Both times? Well, he's got two wins over, over Garbrandt. Okay, that's right. That's right. So, okay, let me explain. In that fight, he made him look ridiculous, but then he still ended up knocking him out, which that's what kind of, 
that's what made it a very difficult thing to because I liked Cody Garbrandt, didn't like him like, because of the McGregor thing on the Ultimate Fighter. And then <laughs> I have my reasons for liking these specific fighters. That's why I do believe that TJ has an opportunity now that he's not with Alpha Male to come back and be successful and hopefully do it without any assistance other than his coaches and shit because it is a different environment. If they're not doing this shit live, there's no audience. Has he ever done that before? Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Exactly. This is way different for him, but he also doesn't have to deal with people booing him. So what is it going to be, man? Sanhagen's been there. He's done it. But I went with Sanhagen. But this is a great fight. I was, I was, this was supposed to happen, what, two weeks ago or some shit? Yeah, I believe so. And man, I don't even know all that, that gym drama that TJ Dillashaw was in, Mm -hmm. left this gym, took some people with him. Fuck yeah. Ah, Anyway. Dwayne Bang Ludwig became his coach. Like his, and he wasn't even that successful as a fighter, but that's what should happen. More of these fighters, Jeremy Stevens should be walking out there with, a, with his new fighter, a guy he's training. You see what I'm saying? That's what we want to see. I want to see these camps full of ex-fighters, dude, and ex-successful ex-fighters, not the fucking Ed, Edward the Fireman Marshall Mm-hmm. Whatever that fucking guy, he was in the Ultimate Fighter. Remember, I think he was in the Ultimate Fighter with Brendan Shaw. So, Anyways, uh, so man, I just just for the hell of it, I, I just now clicked on next week's card, and uh, one of the fights uh, that's on there is uh, Nico Montana. <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> so wow, she'll be on next she's week. Still, <laughs> yeah, she's still around. That's insane. Dude. She uh, she beat so Roxy that- in the finale, and then she lost to Julio Pena. Uh, 2019, and she hasn't been anywhere since. That's just... uh, So they've been paying her this whole time. There's no way she's made enough money in her couple fights or the Ultimate Fighter to survive. I don't know, I guess six figures, but... Jesus, <laughs> Yeah, she's had a bad string if you look through. Well, she was suspended for six months for uh, uh, from the Athletic Commission. That was back in 2019. Then she's just had a bunch of pullouts and shit. COVID with her coach. All right. So the last thing I just want to make sure we add, I'm going to say it in every single episode until I forget. Uh, Michael, the truth Jackson versus CM Punk was, is no longer an actual fight that happened in the (laughs) UFC. Um, It never happened. It never (laughs) happened. Data would have loved that that fight never happened. (laughs) It's a no contest folks. So uh, whatever his record is, it's either 0 and 1 with one no contest, or I don't know yeah. what the fuck, but don't ever yep. be afraid to talk shit at this guy on social media. 0 and 1, he lost to Mickey Gall. Yes. <laughs> so easy, dude. But I'm going to bring it up in every episode so that our fans don't forget. Please go talk to him. He's a fun guy. I haven't seen him posting on Derek Lewis's shit recently. It's probably because he's got a fight coming up and he doesn't want to distract him with his hilarious comments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy, man. I. He, it's like he just checks Derek Lewis's Instagram nonstop all day long. That's all he does. And I think he's over there waiting for you to say something to him. I think he gets off on that. Yeah, he's not good at responding. That's the whole point. Like, say something clever back. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, yes. guys. Uh, I'm I'm now on Instagram at that dude with the ears. All right, that's where I post music shit and updates for the podcast and uh, all that. You know. Check it out. The briefcase. Do you party? We're going to get back on that train soon. Uh, otherwise, don't leave it to the judges. That's the mainstay. We'll be here every week that there's fights, folks, even if I'm a little late. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, and click on the show notes. Stop right now. 
click on the show notes if you made it this far. How the hell you make it this far and you're not picking the fights with us? Click on the show notes, pick the fights. You know, you'll be the first to see shit, man. The samurai was six and four this week. <laughs> he worked for shit. Oh my god. <laughs> he fucking how the hell can he go with Islam or against Islam after that? Holy shit. So yep. yeah, bam, talk shit. I don't care. Join yeah. it's all good. That's what we're here for. But uh we are the John Anik and Mike Goldberg of yeah. podcasting. That's so Listen fun. while you're nursing out there. You're one year old. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> she Tate looked so good though. She her skin was so clean. You know what I mean? She looked wrinkle free, in the best shape of her life. Milk and yeah, she I, she didn't look as stick is what she you know what I mean? She she was like down. She yeah. And she talked a little bit of shit about uh the caraway. She was like, Yeah, it's a at least I'm not competing with the with the man. I'm not like have competition. <laughs> I have a partner, not not competition now. So yeah, she she looked great, and they they want her to look good because they want you to get that pay per view when they're promoting her against Nunez. Which It'll be fun. will be happening in the future. All yeah. she's got to do is they got their fingers crossed. They're looking for someone she can beat, but they don't want to be too easy. I don't know who it'll be. Will it be I, Holly Holm? I don't know. We'll see. I would like to see the Nunez fight just because I, uh, Nunez is probably able, she'd be able to knock her ass out. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I want her to stick around a little bit. I don't yeah. want her to get knocked out and leave. I'm just saying so that that's soon. how good as is now, where she's <laughs> she's gonna sleep. There's they're bringing women in. They're gonna start making universal soldier versions of girls to fight Nunez. Like, can you beat her, <laughs> you robot lady? It's gonna be Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla. You know. Well, I'm telling you right now. They keep promoting these commercials of the Nunez versus uh, Pena. Man, Pena is not in the same. That's not the same level. That that no. That's yeah. what has she done to deserve this fight? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Lasted. <laughs> <laughs> She's two and two in her last four fights. But we'll talk about that in nice the next part. couple of weeks. So just keep listening. All right, man. We'll get off here. Oh, yeah, Everyone. Have a good week.
One, fight! <laughs> 